Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. The difference between a box of rocks and our host is, the box of rocks are smarter and they don't complain as much. Now, I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe smoking broadcast. And I am your host, Brian Levine, reminding you, you must be of legal smoking age wherever you are in order to enjoy this fine show. And on this fine show this week are uh, in, uh, in pipe parts. We have an Ask the Pipe Maker segment with uh, Jeff Graysick, a question that uh, was prompted by me. And we continue the novice pipe smokers because I'm having so much fun with them and I'm, I'm really enjoying the heck out of them. Uh, this one with uh, firefighter Ryan Bingaman, so we get to hear that. Uh, music, mailbag, and I'm going to take a shot at I'm going to take a shot at the same company that owns uh, tobaccoreviews.com on a whole different subject in uh, the rant time. So you got that coming up. <laughs> All that on this week's episode of the Pipes Magazine radio show. Uh, we are still on hold right now with, uh, with the JDRF auction items as uh, Steve Fallon, the pipe stud, gets his uh, PayPal situation ironed out and he'll probably have a little bit of a backlog of stuff to get caught up on. So please bear with me on that. Nothing has been sold. Nothing has been moved. I've still got some stuff here. And uh, halfway tempted, boy, there's a couple of things here that I'd really like to have. So uh, anyway, they're here. They're safe. They're sound. Um, yeah, so anyway, and uh, the weather has been absolutely uh, perfect for outdoor pipe smoking. So I want to remind you in the northern hemisphere, you know what? Get out, smoke your pipe in public. Find a place where you can do that. We've got a little coffee, a little independent coffee place that's right next to a... Uh, it's right next to a members-only cigar club, and uh, yeah, I'm not paying a membership just to go and sit and smoke in a cigar club, but they've got an outdoor patio with cigars, and I can sit on the outdoor uh, tables with, uh, with a cup of coffee at the coffee place and sit there with my pipe, so I've been trying to enjoy that at least once a week. All right, let's get the show rolling. So everybody sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. Thank you all for tuning in, and here we go. There's nothing quite like a good book, or my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe, an American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. See for yourself at corncobpipe.com. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show for another segment of Ask the Pipe Maker with... The pipe maker, Jeff Grasick. Jeff, welcome back. Hey, thanks for having me, Brian. Happy to be here. Yeah, you're going to, well, you may not be once I ask you this question. Uh-oh. Because this one comes from me. Oh, yeah. Well, let's move on. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> nice talking to you, Jeff. See you soon. Bye. Mm -hmm. um, no, here's the, here's the question, because I've had this experience in the past, and right. and I've said on the show publicly that... I am just not a fan of commissioning a pipe from a pipe maker because I've had some experiences where I don't understand pipe talk and I have, um, um, I have a, well, and I've told people this too. I have a great imagination and absolutely no skills in executing that. Mm -hmm. So if I were to come to you and say, I wanted to commission a pipe, what are the things that you want to know? What are the, and, and I'll give you two scenarios. Are you ready? Mm -hmm. Scenar Absolutely. Scenario number one, I have a favorite shape of a pipe from a, from a well-known factory and we'll pick on uh, Costello in their, uh, I think they call it a 55. It's like some people call it the donkey nut. Mm -hmm. I've made one of those, a couple of them. Uh, all right. So that's scenario number one. How do I, how, what do I, what do I give you with that information, details? What do you need to know from me? Uh, no, that's a good question. And I, I, I get that 
a lot. There are a lot of people who come to me trying to make their first commission or come having made many commissions from other people and uh, may or may not be uh, surprised by what what I'm looking for from people. So there are there are a couple ways to do it. There's the you know, you come at me with a shape number 55 and say, hey, I like this shape. Can you do your version of one for me? And I'll say, if I like the shape, and that that's a big key right there. There's a lot of times that someone will come and say, will you make such and such a shape for me and send me a photo? And I say, that's not really something that I'm interested in making. Um, it, Whether it's a shape that I don't like or it's a shape that really is so far out of what is my design vocabulary that I'm confident that I won't be able to execute it well for the person or... Um, it will really be an outlier in my shape catalog. And I try to be, any designer tries to be conscious of what their tradition is. Um, that being but, said, but let me for say, you, Brian. Oh, let, okay. let me say right here, though, also, if, I, if you come to a pipe maker and it's a whole new shape in their catalog and they have to learn a whole new set of, you know, do a whole new set of drawings and a whole new set of measurements and stuff, they may also come to you and ask for you for a little bit more money because that's also more time issue, correct? It, that is correct. And uh, the the other, it's you know time and money. Um, there, when I when I take a commission, um, I never take money down on a on a pipe. And the reason I don't do that is because first of all, I'm not ever really sure when it will fit into my production schedule. Um, cause it, it, I don't have a rigid production schedule, but I don't want you to have an expectation that because you gave me a deposit that is going to be ready in a month or two weeks or something like that. Uh, the second thing is I don't want you to feel obligated to buy the pipe that I show you. If you order, um, a, a particular shape from me and, uh, I, I execute it, and show it to you and you look at it and go, gosh, that's not really what I want, but this guy's already got half my, like half of the money for it. I've got to take it. Then you're going to be unsatisfied. And you know, if I see it on the estate market shortly thereafter, I'm going to be unsatisfied in, in that I made a pipe for you that I could tell you didn't like, and that's not what I want. I want you to be satisfied with it. So the reason I bring up my, um, the fact that I don't take deposits for commissions uh, is because we I wanted to discuss the only exception to that is when you come to me with a shape that is far outside of my um, my own shape catalog and you want me to make it and I'll make it for you because you're my friend and I want and yeah, I'm up to the challenge. Occasionally in those cases, I will say, you know, I won't take a deposit from you, but I do need a guarantee that here, here is, um, I want you to be happy with it, but I also don't want to spend, you know, a week of my time making something that, you know, that you're not happy with and I'm not happy with, and then I just lose a week. <laughs> and your so regular can we have customers. a gentleman's agreement at the beginning that I'll keep you in touch through the whole, uh, keep you, keep you involved in the process we can make some refinements as we're going. And, um, I just need a guarantee that you're going to buy it at the end. Yeah. Cause your regular um, customers won't like it. Cause it's so far out of your normal wheelhouse that it you know, looks like a backwards frog doing a, doing a hoe. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, like, as I said, you know, I don't take deposits because I don't want you to have an, an obligation to buy the pipe. And, and generally speaking, if you don't take what you've ordered, there will be three or four people, hopefully, behind you who would be happy to take it from me. Yeah. And if it's something that's so far out of my catalog uh, that I'm not sure that I can, that I'll have at least one customer for it, that makes it harder for me to prioritize making that pipe as, as a business yeah. decision. Yeah. So, but if it's a standard... It, it, yeah, if it's a variation of something that you do, do you mm -hmm. you just want measurements and ideas of finish that they're going for? And yeah, yeah. So 
if we're so we we already discussed the exceptional commission case yeah. and those those are pretty rare I, I i don't accept many of those and it's and i would accept them usually only from customers that i've worked with before or have an established relationship with um for a more traditional commission essentially what i want is for you to take a look at my catalog of pipes that I've, I have out there, whether it's like pictures from my Instagram feed or from my website and say, Hey, I like these three, uh, these three examples of this particular shape, uh, from you. I'd really like it in a smooth finish, uh, lighter or darker. Uh, you tell me like you want it in, in the, the type of finish, smooth, sandblasted, whatever, um, the color of finish and uh, kind of general size parameters. Now, I don't take very precise measurements, meaning if you said, I want a pipe that is uh, seven inches, and uh, like 7.128 inches long, I would say, let's pump the brakes here, Brian. <laughs> I can't guarantee I will be that accurate. We, we can work with a range here. You say between seven and seven and a half inches long and around this particular weight. Uh, so I, I want it to be under two ounces, or um, I want the bowl, I want the chamber to be three quarters of an inch wide, and you know at least an inch and a half deep. Those are the kinds of things that I am looking for from you. I need some guidelines, some parameters to work within that are reasonable. Um, but if you're looking for something very precise, I want it to be 16.8 grams. Say what? Well, <laughs> uh, I don't know if I can do that because every piece of briar is different. Um, I'll give if you sixteen point six. Have I ruined it? I'll give you a little leeway. It can be between twenty nine or thirty one grams. Yeah. Okay. There yeah. we go. <laughs> yeah. So you know, I th there's an expectation when when a commission is placed that there there is understanding that we're working working with a natural material that is unpredictable. Um, that commissions can take time um, to produce and that there are that we are working in in size and uh, both both dimensional and and weight ranges here. The things that I can hit precisely for you would be a bowl diameter. If you want it to be twenty two millimeters wide, I can do that for you. But if you want it to be twenty two millimeters wide by exactly forty seven and a half millimeters deep, that's a little harder to do. <laughs> yeah, you're forty eight. Uh, we'll buff the rim off. No problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I can make it shorter. <laughs> I can't make it taller. <laughs> yeah. Uh, can you have you ever had anybody that's wanted a real heavy pipe? No. <laughs> <laughs> make it over three pounds. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Add a cement block in the bottom of it, and you're good to go. A little tungsten inserts. Yeah. Uh, um, and then the other thing for like straight and cross cut, I can do those kinds of, take those kinds of requests. Um, and then of course the other, the other part of this that none of us really likes talking about is what the price range you're looking at. Uh, sometimes a customer will say, I'm looking for a smooth pipe. I want it to be as nice as possible. And I, I know where your, um, your top end is. So, uh, you know, whatever the price is, that's fine. And I try to keep it you know, in that range, that's not carte blanche for uh, a pipe maker to abuse that process. Yeah. Uh, it, rather, it's it's you know, I would still price it within. I made a pipe that's really nice, and it it hits. I, I'll compare it to to pipes that are similar to it, and try to price it in that same range, um, which is how I do all of my pricing. Um, if you say, well, my budget is um, you know whatever the budget might be, eight hundred dollars. Um, and you say, I have $800 and I want your nicest smooth. I said, well, the, one of these things, you can have <laughs> you can have a pipe that's $800 or my nicest smooth, but they're not compatible. Yeah. So, well, there you go. Jeff, well, I will have you back on. I'm, I'm going to ask you the opposite side of the question. So stay tuned for that. Uh -oh. But thanks for coming back on. Yeah, thanks for having me. We'll be back in just a minute. This is Internet Radio. Have a look in your tobacco cellar. What do you see? Think of what you smoke, what you age, what you're drawn to in a blend that keeps you wanting more. That's your taste. And whether you know it or not, you've been leading that expedition since you first picked up a pipe, just by smoking what you like and liking what you smoke. But the funny thing about taste, it changes. 
and you need a wide selection to accommodate it. We at Smoking Pipes know this, and you know it too. So whether you're searching for a tried and true favorite or a singular boutique mixture, we're here to help you navigate the voyage of your evolving tastes. But you're still at the helm. Smoking Pipes in faithful service of the hobby. We're back on the Pipes Magazine radio show and joining us for another uh, seven questions for a, a novice pipe smoker. Remember, these are pipe smokers with two to five years of experience. You've survived the uh, the trial by fire of uh, you know starting out with smoking a pipe and you stuck with it. Uh, joining us is Ryan Bingaman. Ryan, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Well, thank you, Brian. I appreciate you having me on here. Uh, means a lot to me to be here with you. So I look forward to speaking with you. Yeah. So let, let's get to know you. When, uh, where'd you grow up? Where are you from? What did you want to be when you grew up? Have you grown up? Oh, well, I have not grown up yet. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I was, uh, born and raised, a uh, small town in Pennsylvania, uh, Boyertown, Pennsylvania. We are about uh, an hour. Boyertown's about an hour, uh, north. Uh, east northwest of uh, Red, uh, Philadelphia. Um, was born there, uh, stayed there, went to high school, junior high, elementary, so forth. Um, lived there, worked there. Um, at that point, you know, just uh, did my own thing. It was a small town, typical town in Pennsylvania. <laughs> Everybody knew everybody's business. Uh, <laughs> so, um, you know, I did that. Uh, uh, while I was there, I started as a volunteer firefighter. Uh, so I was doing that on top of working, top of going to school. And uh, so yeah, that's my story. I met my wife uh, about 12 years ago. Uh, we bought a place there, stayed there for a couple of years. And then uh, both of us work towards the Reading area, which is where I live now, Reading, Pennsylvania. It's actually Sinking Spring. Um, it, the, the name is synonymous because we have a ton of sinkholes around this area. So... Um, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so we moved up here, uh, bought a place and that's where we're at. So, uh, two, two kids, two beautiful kids, uh, one's, uh, just turned six on Sunday and my daughter is, uh, eight, eight, she'll be turning uh, nine in October. So, um, what I wanted to be growing up, uh, I didn't want to grow up. That's the problem. <laughs> I didn't want to grow up. Um, you know, being a firefighter, uh, we kind of, uh, have a weird sense of humor um, we just never really take too much seriously, and that's kind of spilled over here. So uh, I am currently uh, a career firefighter up here in uh, where I live. I've um, been doing that for seven years. This will be my eighth year coming up. Wow. Um, like I said, I started as a volunteer firefighter. I was a volunteer in Boyertown for 17 years. A uh, day after my 17th birthday, I joined up, and uh, – I haven't looked back since. So I was there for, like I said, 17 years. And then I decided an uh, opportunity came up where I could earn a living, uh, making uh, making money for my family, being a firefighter, a career firefighter. Uh, so I applied, went through the process. Um, and uh, like I said, eight years later, here I am uh, living my dream, uh, living my life, having a great time. So uh the saying is being a firefighter is the greatest job in the world. And it truly is. So, uh, uh, that's where we're at right now. Now, is that kind of the, are you kind of on like a schedule where you're at the firehouse for three 24 hour days in a row and then you're home for four and back for three and that kind of thing? Yeah, we actually, I think, and I think the guys we work with, uh, it's probably the best schedule out there. We work 24 straight hours mm. and then we're off, 72 hours so uh theoretically we work one day and we're off three okay. so um we are at the station there's three of us on a crew um 24 7 we're we're ready to go so no matter what we're doing uh whether it's eating or sleeping or whatever yes yeah, so we're there while we're working um and then when we're off we're at home here so uh given a situation where there's a large fire somewhere uh, and the on-duty crew is committed. They will sometimes recall us, call us back in, and at that point, you know, we're uh, we're working um, again until they get back and uh, get cleaned up. So, 
Yes, to answer your question, it's uh, yeah. we're on twenty four, and then we're off seventy two. So, and during that twenty four, you could be sitting there doing nothing but uh, I don't know, polishing the fire truck and hanging out, playing cards and eating and sleeping, or it could be just a crazy twenty four hours. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, there's there's been times where we call them offers, where you don't run a single call in twenty four hours. Sounds kind of cool, but you're ready to pull your hair out because you get kind of <laughs> bored after a while. Uh, but then there's also been times where we run you know, 20, 30 calls. We had flooding a couple ago, and we were nonstop 8 a.m. We started 8 a.m. and then we ended 8 a.m. the next morning. So we were nonstop that whole time, and wow. you know, and it's uh, it's just just how things go. You know, you can't uh, can't predict anything. So it's just the way it is. Yeah. So what what brought you into pipe smoking? Uh, a couple of years ago, um, actually when I was in high school, so that would have been over 20 years ago, uh, my one buddy, uh, he, yeah, at the firehouse, he actually got me involved in firefighting. He, um, he had a pipe. I said, oh, that looks kind of cool. I said, so I'm going to give it a whirl. So that was back when the, uh, you could go to the local Rite Aid. I went to the local Rite Aid, the pharmacy yeah. and they had, a uh, on the wall, they had a bunch of Dr. Gravos hanging. So I said, well, give me the cheapest Dr. Gravo you have. And, uh, you know, I went to the, to the shelf and I got some cherry tobacco, some mm. Middleton's cherry, I think is what it was. Um, and I know you this about a thousand times cause I heard it on your show, but I did the, uh, the old, uh, turn my tongue into a, a piece <laughs> of, uh, charcoal. So, um, you know, I, I was like, this just doesn't write. Something's wrong with this. Of course it has to be the pipe. So, you know, emptied it out tried it right away again because i was sure i was going to be smoking and it would taste like a lollipop in my mouth as sweet as this cherry tobacco tasted so <laughs> um you know so I, I i did that packed the heck out of it again packed it in there as hard as i possibly could and let it again and it just worked so um decided well it was the pipe's fault so i went back down to that right age that same day and i said well i need a better pipe and the first one was uh, dr Grabo duke and then, then I went back down there and I picked up the Doc Grabo Grand Duke, which that has to be a lot better because it's a Grand Duke. <laughs> so got home, same thing again, packed the pipe, you know, used the heck out of it and no good. So um, actually just, that was the end of that. That was the end of that for a while. I threw that in the, uh, threw those in the drawer and no, nope, wasn't for me. So fast forward about three years ago, uh, my one buddy on Instagram was posting photos of corn cob pipes. Um, you know, some of the some of the guys put the artistic photos up there, yeah. you know, with their tobacco and their pipe. And I was like, oh, that looks kind of neat. So I reached out to him. He said, absolutely. He said, uh, I said, hey, you know, I'm kind of interested in it. What do you think? He goes, absolutely. And, you know, that's where that's where the brotherhood started, the, the pipe smoking brotherhood. And um yeah, he said, give me about 10 minutes, I'll be right there. And he brought over a, a corn cob pipe for me. He brought over about eight or 10 different samples of tobacco. Um, and, you know, it's kind of been uh, ever since then I got hooked. So I would be lying to you if I said it was uh, enjoyable right away. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I did the best I could, but I gave it a chance. And, you know, I'm the kind of person, you know, I know if you had them before where, you jump right in. I mean, you just jump feet first and, yeah. and, and do everything you can. So within a couple of weeks, I had about maybe eight or 10 pipes and it's been uphill since then. So it's been a good, good experience. So I, I'm just kind of giggling over the fact that the firefighter burned the heck out of his own tongue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, like, like you said, I've heard it a million times. I'm sure who you have. So yeah. you open this, uh, this pack of, of tobacco, this Middleton's cherry, and it just smells so good. It smells, you know, like cherry syrup. And my initial thought was, boy, I can't wait to try this. It's just going to be, like I said, like smoking a lollipop. And it was nothing like it. Nothing <laughs> like it at all. And that just turned me off like that was in high school. So um, luckily, uh, time healed my tongue, and I uh, decided to give it a whirl again. And, and, and here we are. So what was your aha moment of finally figuring out, all right, you know, I now know, all right, this works. I figured it out. What was that? Yeah. 
Okay. Uh, coincidentally, uh, it was at the firehouse. Um, yeah, it was, it was, I remember it distinctly because it was a very aha moment. Um, Sundays is our cleaning days. You know, we clean the station, uh, vacuum, so forth and so on beyond what we normally do. And after that, I decided I'd take a break. Um, and that day it was a nice spring day. I had a, a real cheap, uh, bulldog, uh, pipe I got from um, RNA Treasures. You had them on before, mm-hmm. um, and and uh, you know, and, and and I just went outside and I had uh, Carter Hall. Coincidentally, you know, the old Codger brand, Carter Hall here. Um, packed that in there, and whatever I did, uh, whatever the the stars aligned, it was a, a wonderful uh, smoke. It was the perfect. Uh, smoke i got the the nuttiness i chocolate and no matter what i did every single puff it was just awesome (laughs) and it was just it's like holy mackerel you know this is what i've been hearing you know people then i finally got it you know it finally hit me and uh unfortunately i haven't gotten it back but (laughs) it was just enough to you know, to say, hey, that's something's going on here. So it, it was a great, it was a great experience. Uh, I'd say it's just like smoking a Reese's peanut butter cup. <laughs> it mm. was chocolatey and, and nutty and just, it was just really cool. And just the weather was beautiful. It was a nice spring Sunday morning and I was outside and, you know, the birds were chirping and stuff. And that was, that was pretty cool. It was a nice little uh, aha moment, so to speak. It's one of those moments that you don't want to end, but it does come to an end and you're like, Oh God, I got to figure out how to get that back again. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And that's the hard part getting it back. Cause I've been trying, I've been trying that same combination and it just, it, that just one time was something special, but uh, yeah, it's been close, but nothing like that. We're going to take a break right here. When we come back, we'll have more with uh, Ryan, the firefighter with the uh, formerly burnt tongue. So stay with us. We'll be back in just a minute. Being at the forefront of craft tobacco production for over 20 years, we've been involved in some rather interesting projects at Cornell and Deal. From the Cellar Series to the Small Batch Project, we're extremely proud of how far we've come. So moving forward, we wanted to take it back to basics, and that's what the Burley Flake Series is all about. Burley is an underrated varietal, but there is a ton of nuance there. Using various condimental tobaccos to accentuate different aspects of the air-cured leaf, each blend in this series is intended to showcase different individual subtleties inherent to Burley. It's a simple concept, one that I think really speaks to the essence of what we do at CND, as a crew of folks who just love tobacco. It's also really good. Cornell and Deal's Burley Flakes series, wherever fine tobaccos are sold. And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show with another seven questions for a novice pipe smoker with Ryan Bingaman. Ryan, ready for question number two? Yes, sir. Looking forward to it. What tobaccos did you try based on a recommendation that you did not like? All right. Uh, so this isn't going to sit too well, but actually Virginia's. Um, yeah. I'm not sure if it's my palate. Uh, I, I come to the conclusion in general, not just smoke piping I, or pipe, pipe smoking. I, uh, I just don't have very good taste. I just don't have a very good palate. And I hear all the time, uh, you know, from, from folks uh, on the show, your show, on different shows, uh, some buddies of mine, I'm on a couple of pipe smoking forums, just how tremendous Virginia's are. You know, the sugar, the sweetness, the hay. So I went out, I got, of course, you know, like everybody else you got, you buy a whole ton of different Virginias because you're just going to smoke the heck out of these guys. And this is just going to be a wonderful experience. And I did that and it just, just something doesn't work. (laughs) So um, I had a hard time. I just couldn't get the, uh, just couldn't get the taste. I couldn't get the sweetness. Yeah, kind of. It was frustrating for me. Uh, again, you know, Virginia's the tongue bite and so forth. But 
you know, it was those, that's just the broadest range. Um, I, I you know, I was given, uh, uh, the Escudo. That's another one. I know it's, uh, you're a fan of the Escudo. Yeah. Um, but that was another one, you know, because of the Virginias, you know, everyone talks how wonderful the Escudo is with the Perique and so forth. And it just, something just didn't taste good to me, you know? And, uh, yeah, it's just, just, it was frustrating for me. Um, the, the last one was plum pudding, you know, plum pudding and, I like English blends. I like the Latakia, but for whatever reason, I just cannot get it lit. I can't get it to stay lit. It just, I don't know what it is. It's very frustrating to me. It's not that I didn't like it because I enjoyed it when it stayed lit, but it just would not stay lit for me. So um, that, that was real frustrating for me as well. So kind of the biggest like, one for me is just the Virginia. Sounds like my experience with, Good, English right. blends and Latakia. I just, I'm sorry. I just don't like yeah. them. <laughs> yeah. Your third question is. I just, I just want so bad to like Virginia. Yeah. Sorry. Yep. Your third question is, how has your preference in pipes changed over time? Uh, well, when I first started, um, I liked, I liked the bent shape. I thought it looked cool. Uh, it's your prototypical pipe, straight pipe, sorry, uh, bent pipe. Um, I like smooth grain because it looked really cool. My dad has a history of woodworking and being around him. I appreciate the, the wood, you know, the uh, briar and just the, the, the grain of it, the beauty of the grain. Um, but as I've progressed, I've kind of steered away from uh, full bents and the smooth, and I've become more straight and uh, slight bents, quarter bends. And I do enjoy that, and I do enjoy the rusticated look. Um, I'm pretty hard on my pipes. I know that. I don't <laughs> take care of them too much. But the, the rusticated look, a little more forgiving. Um, I do like the feel of the pipe in my hand. Um, yeah, it just seems to have a little bit more personality to me. So, yeah, that's, yeah. that's basically uh, – I, I did start out as smaller pipes as well, and I do – uh, I do like the bigger pipes, mainly because the smoke and the English blends, too. I really like a big pipe for an English blend. All right. What was your holy grail pipe when you started out smoking a pipe, and wh what is it now? Has it changed? Yes. Yes, it actually has. Well, considering I started out with uh, two Dr. Graybos, I think anything... Costing over $15 was my holy grail of pipes. But when I really got back into it, you know, starting off with the the corn cobs, and then biggest thing to me, the, the one I was unattainable was just the Savinelli itself. Just any type of Savinelli was just, I could not fathom spending $120, $150 on a pipe. Um, but, you know, I did save up, you know, and, and I had to say, you know what, I'm in this now, I'm in this uh lifestyle hobby and so forth and you know i'm gonna i'm gonna buy myself a pipe so one christmas i went out i bought myself a savinelli um i have acquired a couple others you know purchased a couple others from full um so yeah that was holy grail at first uh now i would say uh, there's two of them there's two of them i really like and one of them is uh brian orton's his his mossy ones they look yeah. like the mossy uh tree those are really cool. I like those a lot. And then I've really been enamored with uh, the Walt Pinoy, the wax strip ones, the mm -hmm. one that looks like a wax candle. I really like those too. But uh, I just don't think myself, I know you talk, you know, people talk a lot about the Eversons and the Conowitzes and so forth. I just, I, the where I'm at right now, I don't know if I could appreciate something. I don't know if I could appreciate something like that, you know, at, uh, if I could tell tell that that it would come at much price, that I yeah, that's my holy grail. So, but as of now, it's those that those Brian Orton, the Moss and then the Wackrip right now. So, yeah, two cool looking pipes. Um, your next question is: What are a few of your favorite guests from yeah. past episodes, and why? Uh, actually, uh, there's quite a few of them, but I wanted to I went over and I I, I figured out which ones here. So. Uh, I really liked uh, Perry George Jensen. I liked his attitude. Um, I liked his uh, bubbly personality. But on top of that, I liked how 
detailed he was, how informational he was on, you know, McBaron, how they talked about the the way they do things, the history of it. Uh, that was really that was really cool to hear. Uh, fascinating how how a company you know in Europe that handles that and has such a storied history. I really enjoyed listening to him. Um, another one was Fred Hanna. Uh, <laughs> I believe uh, you know he was the one. He talked about the uh, the medical benefits. You know, mm-hmm. I was you always try to justify <laughs> doing things and the simple fact that hey, you know, nicotine might actually be kind of good for you, yeah. um, really help the cause. So, um, yeah, I was neat hearing it, talking to him and, or hearing him and, and just, uh, you know, listening to that, the scientific chemi- chemistry and so forth associated with it. That was that was a lot of fun to, to listen to. And the third uh, and you know, was Mike and Mary McNeil. I just, every <laughs> time I hear them, it, they're just so opposite ends of the spectrum. He's just such a, uh, like a ball of fire. And she just seems like such a sweet, sweet, quiet, you know, uh, <laughs> I like this. I like to call it uh, like a, like a grandmother, sweet grandmother. You know, she's just, it's just so neat to hear them, but both of them are so, uh, into tobacco. Yeah. They're so into the company. You know, but it's their own different ways. You know, she uh, seems like such a free spirit, and he's just like the the laser straight. <laughs> you know, this is what we're doing type thing. It was really cool listening to them too, how they go back and forth. So that was really neat. Yeah. Now you pick some good guests, and I would imagine also the benefit of the nicotine for you is uh, you get it helps you relax because you've got a bit of a uh, stressful job sometimes. Yeah, yeah. When I get the opportunity to to sit down and, and smoke a pipe, and you you, you kind of just turn the brain off a little bit for a couple minutes, and and you know let do this thing, and it's just it's just a great uh, relaxing experience. So yeah, it's it's uh, it's a good thing. See, I'm lucky if I turn my brain on for a few minutes a day. Um, but your your next question <laughs> is, <laughs> what is your favorite thing to do while smoking a pipe? Actually, it's uh, three things. Uh, I'm going to answer this with three things. So actually, yeah. So uh, first and foremost, and like I said this before, it was just kind of turn my brain off. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. whether it be here at, at my house outside on the front porch or on the back deck or, you know, at work, you just you light a pipe up and you just turn your brain off. You know, I, I like to just stop, stop what I'm doing, turn the brain off and just enjoy. Just enjoy the, the smoke, enjoy the experience. You know, enjoy the touch of the pipe, the taste of the smoke. Um, even just watching the the smoke waft up, you know, watch it just kind of disappear. It's that's yeah. kind of neat just to 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 see that turn the brain off. And then the other thing was to to think. You know, a lot of times um, I just think, you know, I sit there, and and if there's something I have to contemplate, some decisions I need to be made, it gives me a chance to to sit down and relax and kind of go a different wavelength, maybe look at the situation a little different. So, um, you know, that, that really helps that too. And, uh, you know, sometimes I sit outside and I'm on my phone, you know, I'm on my phone. If I'm smoking a certain blend, I like to go onto tobacco reviews and read the reviews and trying to compare what other people are getting out of it to what I'm getting out of it. And, it, quite honestly, that gives me the chance to work on stuff, work on my palate, and get you know, the nuances that's so hard to do for me. Uh, whether or not it's a placebo effect, oh, yeah, I, I accept now, even though I have, don't, but, you know, it's uh, it gives me a chance to that. So that's, that's what I really enjoy with it. Yeah, sounds perfect. All right, it's your turn. You get to ask me a question, anything you want to know. Yeah, actually, I want to kind of key in on the Virginia uh, tobaccos. Like I said before, I just hear so much about them, the sugar, and and, and I, as I really want to uh, enjoy that like everybody else does. What techniques or what uh, certain brands or what, what can I do to try to not write it off, basically, not, you know, 
yeah. give give me the the best opportunity to decide whether yeah this is this is it or not. All right, I, I'm gonna uh, I'll I'm going to couch this whole thing by saying it's quite possible that Virginias are just not your thing, and that's perfectly okay. Um, it's perfectly fine to say you know what. You know, Virginia's and I just don't get along. Whatever it is, the combination of yeah, you you might be able to take. I I use my example of, you know, if somebody gave me a thousand dollar bottle of single malt scotch that's like over the top, and everybody was all oogly over it, and and I drank it, I may not pick up and enjoy it. And I'm sorry, I'm just not a single malt scotch fan. Um, you know, so with that being said, uh, Virginia's take a different smoking style than a, uh, than a, a Latakia based blend. Latakia will help cool down a blend. It'll help, um, it, it'll help make up for some of the problems in the Virginia tobaccos. So... That's why you'll see a lot of blends that may have four or five percent Latakia in it, or two or three percent Perique, because those do the same thing. They help cool oh. those blends down. Um, they make them a little more palatable. If you really want to try Virginias, I would really focus on getting a good, uh, yeah, a, a good Group Three size pipe. Yeah, just something with a, just something with a, a, a medium to smaller bowl. Uh, take a look at the uh, HH Pure Virginia Flake, and take a look at Orlick Golden Sliced, and then practice loading those two blends in different ways. You know, whether it be rubbing them out all the way, uh, bend and fold. You know, just a slight rub out. Try them in different ways and understand that, yeah, you know, you're gonna have to really work with them to see what works for you versus the versus those blends, um, and just don't, um, you know, as as we've been recording here, you've noticed I've picked up and tamped and lit my pipe probably three times in the twenty some odd minutes. Um, with Virginias, I think they really benefit from tamping and relighting multiple times during the smoke, um, using a pipe cleaner to get all the dirty stuff out in between the smoke, and just slow down with them. Uh, but try the different packing techniques. Those two blends that I suggested are benchmark, yep. good quality Virginias that are on the market, and just take it easy with them and see what and see if that works for you. Okay. Wonderful. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate that. I'll give that a whirl. Yeah, and if that doesn't work for you, then you've spent, you know, fifteen bucks on each tin and give up on it and just stay in your happy place. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Very good. Well, I appreciate that. Yep. Ryan, are you ready for the fast five final questions? No right answer, no wrong answer, just whatever comes to your mind. Yes, sir. Ready. What is your favorite pipe? Okay, actually, I have two of them. Uh, the first one is a GBD, uh, prehistoric, uh, and the second one is a Savinelli Hercules. Both are rusticated. Uh, the, the Hercules is uh, very, very slightly bent, and the prehistoric is about a quarter bent. So those work really well for me. And what is your favorite tobacco? Well, I'm going to stick with... Uh, Carter Hall, yeah. <laughs> since I had such a epiphany with it, uh, it's kind of my go-to. I always go to that. Um, just, just always old faithful. And uh, my second one is uh, Nightcap. I enjoy that. So, little opposite ends of the spectrum. So, what is your favorite drink? Uh, I guess I, I have two uh, two answers for that one. Um, uh, because we're coming into the spring months and the summer months absolutely is gin and tonic i really enjoy gin and tonics uh real crisp uh real refreshing uh 
particularly uh, the botanist. I get the botanist gin. Very good gin, uh, not very bitter. Uh, I heard it on a recommendation, and uh, it's, it's a wonderful gin. And uh, I do use uh, a, fever, a fever tree tonic. Yep. Uh, so it's a little bit of an art artisan artisan tonic. Uh, great as well. Not not bitter, and together they work well. A little spritz a uh, lime juice in that, and it's, that's my that's my go-to summer drink uh, for winter and throughout the years. Bourbon. I'm just I love bourbon. Uh, different whether it be straight on the rocks, uh, neat. Or even I do I do mix up some drinks, old fashions, uh, Manhattans. This is just my go-to. So uh, bourbon's my uh, colder colder winter night type drink. So when it's time to relax, do you prefer a book, a movie, or music? Actually, uh, I do I do silence. Uh, believe it or not, just just when I'm when I'm sitting with my pipe, uh, I just like to just sit in silence. Just listen to nature, listen to uh, the world, just the world uh, either come alive or go to sleep at the end of the day. And um, I just find personally that music and so forth just sends me in different directions, makes my brain, you know, crank out a little bit. So just, uh, just sit in silence, sit in silence and listen to the world. Sounds good to me. Uh, finally, do you have a favorite pipe smoking related memory of your, uh, of your short pipe smoking career? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, um, uh, I got my dad into pipe smoking. He was a Ooh. cigar smoker, uh, smoked quite a few cigars and I got my dad into smoking. Um, I passed on the brotherhood, you know, to him that was given to me and we go out camping. So both of us, uh, my, my parents and, and my family each have campers. So we're always camping. Uh, we're going out camping this this weekend, so just, just just being able to sit down with my dad, you know, around a campfire, you know, smoking the pipes together, uh, reliving some memories, talking about my grandparents, you know, it's it just that opportunity to spend time with my dad, doing something that historically. Uh, generations have done together passed down from one another it's just that's just a really cool memory to me every time i get a chance to sit down with him and, and smoke around a campfire and enjoy enjoy each other's company and our families together it's just uh, it's a wonderful opportunity and while we were recording i saw possibly the next generation of pipe smoker pop in there and uh, and smile at me too so although it looks like he's got a few years to go yeah 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 <laughs> He actually, uh, there's a couple of times where I'll be smoking and he'll ask if he can have one of my, of course, obviously isn't full, but he just sits out there with me and just kind of <laughs> pretends to do his thing. So that's, that's pretty cool. But yeah, it's, uh, he sees grandpa doing it. He sees daddy doing it. I'm sure he'll be doing it someday. Ryan Bingaman, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for uh, serving your community and, uh, and keeping them safe. And it's been a pleasure. Same to you, Brian. I appreciate the opportunity. Uh, I, I enjoy your show tremendously, and I appreciate you having me on here, and uh, hopefully you continue your great shows. And we'll be back in just a minute. A Savinelli pipe is a testament to a long legacy, fortified by well-worn hands and destined to be enjoyed for generations. For over 150 years, Savinelli has been dedicated to sourcing the world's finest briar, committed to pushing the boundaries of pipe design, and devoted to the tradition of Italian pipe making. Savinelli is more than a mark. They're a way to help you make your mark. And like you, there can only be one Savinelli. This is Internet Radio. And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show. And thank you to Ryan, first of all, for being a volunteer firefighter for all those years. And for those of you that aren't familiar with the... Uh, with the old VFDs or the volunteer fire departments. Well, we've got one about uh, five miles from here that served us for 12 years of living in one house. Uh, and these are all volunteers. Uh, there might be one paid person that's the captain, but these are all people that volunteer their time and you know, they, they don't get paid at all and they go to training and everything. And a lot of the, uh, a lot of small town America is filled with volunteer fire departments. So Thank you to Ryan for doing that and for his, uh, you know, for his happy career now. 
All right, for music, uh, we by request, we go to uh, Kirby sent this in, and it's a musician called named Don Edwards. Uh, Don Edwards was a uh, he's a cowboy singer, so traditional American storytelling cowboy singer songwriter. Uh, funny part is he was born in New Jersey in 1939, uh, still around. Uh, smokes a pipe. Don't know if he still smokes a pipe, but anyway, this is his. Uh, most popular song called Coyotes. Was a cowboy I knew in South Texas his face was burnt deep by the sun Part history, part sage, part Mexican He was there when Pancho Villa was young And he'd tell you a tale of the old days When the country was wild all around Sit out under the stars of the Milky Way And listen while the coyotes howl And they go, whoo-yip, 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 Now the longhorns are gone And the drovers are gone The Comanches are gone And the outlaws are gone Geronimo's gone And Sam Bass is gone And the lion is gone And the red wolf is gone Well he cursed all the roads And the old men And he cursed the automobile said this is no place for an hombre like I am in this new world of asphalt and steel then he'd look off someplace in the distance at something only he could see he'd say all that's left now of the old days Damned old coyotes and me And they go Ooh-yip, ooh-yip, ooh Ooh-yip, 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 Now the longhorns are gone And the drovers are gone the Comanches are gone, the outlaws are gone, now Quantro's gone, Stan Wante's gone, and the lion is gone, and the red wolf is gone. One morning they searched his adobe, he disappeared without even a word. But that night as the moon crossed the mountain One more coyote was heard And he'd go Cowboy singer-songwriter Don Edwards. You can find uh, 
You can find some of his stuff on uh, Spotify, just like I did. Uh, I will say that I did find that it is great music to listen to. However, you really don't, you really can't do anything else while listening to it because you got to pay attention to the stories. You've got freaking mail. And remember, if you have a comment or question, email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com, B-R-I-A-N at pipesmagazine.com, or you can post them on the Pipes Magazine radio show page on pipesmagazine.com, or uh, Facebook or Instagram messages work out just as well. And uh, going back a week or so, uh, Tad writes, uh, Good evening, Brian. I've been listening for a couple of months now and love the show. I'm following your advice and listening to new episodes as they come out and then working my way backwards through older shows. I've made it back to 392 so far. The content and topics of the show are wonderfully diversified yet never fail to provide a useful and entertaining information for us pipe lovers. However, I do want to offer one correction for something you stated during show 392, please. In a response to the mailbag from an earlier show where the friendly, the friendly rivalry of the Navy and Marines was mentioned, you closed your comments on the matter by making a statement to the effect that the Marine Corps is not a separate branch of the service because they don't sit on the Joint Chiefs of Staff. That is incorrect, since the passage of Public Law 95-485 in 1978, the Commandant of the Marine Corps has served as a full member of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. And in 2005, General Peter Pace became the first Marine to serve as chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Marines are indeed a separate branch of the armed forces, though we have a long and shared tradition with the Navy as part of the Department of Navy. Thanks for all you do for pipe smokers. Keep up the great work, you and everyone else at Pipes Magazine, Tad. Tad, thank you. Glad you called me out on that. Um, happy to uh, happy to learn and be corrected. And uh, yeah, so I, I read it, and sure enough, yeah, I didn't know what I was talking about, which is not quite a surprise. But uh, thank you for your nice comments, and uh, hey, thanks for listening. Uh, going back to last week's show with uh, Rob, uh, Dino says, I'm always impressed by the familiar path we pipe smokers have traveled and find myself nodding in recognition whenever new pipers tell their story. I enjoyed Robert's tale and his unabashed choices so far. I wish him many years of good smokes and great adventures. Uh, Wes Montgomery might not have been a pipe aficionado, but, she, but he sure as hell was smoking on Caravan. Great musical choice. Nothing routine about this show. Even with much less hair, your show is always hair-raising. Thanks, Dino. <laughs> Maybe that's the reason why Dino grew a bunch of hair. Uh, and then uh, Judge for All says, Greetings, gentlemen. Groovy episode. Good of Robert for sharing. I, too, feel the pipe journey is like karma. It gets better with age. He is in store for fun. Coming from a guy in Palo Alto, California, I know how isolating being a smoker of any kind can be. His episode inspired me to get more social with the hobby. I started tuning, uh, I started tuning after the Great Plague of 2020, and I feel I must have been living under a rock. Kevin and Brian, I really appreciate your work, and sponsors Stay Lit Paul. Yeah, Paul and Palo Alto. I mean, that's uh, I think I think that's most of the pipe smokers there. Um, and then uh, Kevin wrote Kevin wrote in. I agree with Dino. I've been really enjoying the novice pipe smoker interviews. Well, at least the first two. Uh, and then let my Cameron go writes. Uh, this was a very enjoyable show. I'm one of those novice guys as well, four plus years that falls into the middle age category. It is refreshing to hear the new guys have an opportunity to speak, even with relative few years under my belt. I find I recall familiar things when others share them from that greener perspective. Uh, thanks for playing my recommendation of Wes Montgomery. His use of playing octaves in music at the, at the pace that he played them was quite striking. His thumb strumming style also gave him a, to a, a tone of, gave his tone a unique sound which he developed when he was learning to play guitar and trying to be mindful of his neighbors when he played. Uh, now it seems no one has a second thought for their neighbors, but this guy certainly did. Blessings to both you, Kevin and Brian, Nathan. Hey, yeah, Nathan, thanks again. That was, uh, yeah, uh, Wes Montgomery was great. Uh, and then Casey Ghost says, well, hmm, I didn't care for this show as much as the last show. Robert is twice the age of Declan, yet you would think Declan was in his 40s and Robert in his 20s. 
Judging by the pipes he is acquiring and the tobacco he is smoking, Robert has quite a ways to catch up with Declan. Uh, this is when I must rely on Levine's mantra. If you smoke a pipe, you're a friend of mine. West Montgomery was okay. So there's Dan dishing the straight on, uh, the straight on it every episode. And, uh, God, boy, we got a lot here. Uh, in iTunes, ratings and reviews, thank you very much. We got three last week, and here they are. By Doc Dunny, he wrote, My Favorite and Five Stars. I've listened to a ton of podcasts, and the Pipes Magazine radio show is my favorite. Always look forward to a new episode and still spend time to go back over older shows. Full of great guests and information, I'm always learning something new about pipes and tobacco. Thanks, Brian and Kevin. Keep up the great work. We sure will, and thank you for the, rate, for the iTunes review. Uh, and then S-L-M-O-R-R, some lore. I don't know. Uh, right. It's amazing show. Five stars. I love the Pipes Magazine radio show. Great content and very entertaining. I love Brian and his interviews. Amazing guests also. Keep up the great work. We sure will. Thank you. And then uh, Ed G wrote, it's a can't miss podcast. Five stars. I've been listening to Brian for a few years now, and I can't say enough good things about his about this podcast. Being self-employed, I work in excess of 60 hours a week, and it's always nice to unwind with a nice bowl of Virginia Perique, a good cup of coffee, and the Pipes Magazine radio show podcast. Thanks for such a quality product, Brian and Kevin. You're welcome. And I would say this show does go well with Virginia Perique and coffee, because oftentimes that's what the show is fueled by. <laughs> Uh, and again, iTunes ratings and reviews, much appreciated. Uh, questions about travel? I've got a trip booked. Uh, if you got a question about travel, email me. I'm happy to help. And in just a moment, rant time. This is Phil Morgan, General Manager of Missouri Meerschaum Corncob Pipes in Washington, Missouri. Our mission since 1869 has been to produce great smoking pipes that anyone can afford. We guarantee our pipes won't be your most expensive, but they just might be the ones you smoke the most. At Missouri Meerschaum Company, we don't just sell our corncob pipes. We grow them, make them, and smoke them. Missouri Meerschaum, Washington, Missouri, since 1869. rant is uh, prompted by uh, Reverend Josh of New Zealand so I will uh, it, it's not it's not at him it's prompted by him because uh, he wanted to find out about getting uh, digitized copies of pipes and tobaccos magazine yeah you know the defunct magazine that went out of business I don't know three four years ago and just kind of ran away uh, well let me give you a little bit of the back history so pipes and tobaccos magazine is owned by was owned by Speccom International who also owned tobaccoreviews.com uh, when I was working for Speccom they had uh, digital versions of like the last eight or ten years or something like that but didn't want to spend the money to go back and digitize the entire back catalog because it was uh, I don't know some formatting baloney or whatever it was anyway all those issues, all those 20 plus years of issues are now under the same ownership by the same company that is proceeding to screw up TobaccoReviews.com. So here's my thoughts. Uh, you know, obviously in the end, uh, Pipes and Tobacco's magazine left some subscribers hanging with uh, years owed and uh, money's not returned that I've heard of. So here's my thoughts, all right? Since they've walked away and abandoned the title and they're not using the title, not developing the magazine any further, not doing anything with it, uh, if somebody out there has all 20 years worth of the magazines or has most of them, go ahead and scan them and create a website. Pipes and Tobacco, magazine, digitized, whatever. You know what? That'd be a good project for somebody. You know, there's a lot of fan-based websites you could do that, scan them all, and, uh, you know, I don't know what I'm talking about uh, technology-wise, but 
put them out there on the Ethernet or the Internet or the interwebs or the dark web or the Snapchat or whatever and uh, get them out there and make them available for people. And uh, maybe that'll wake up the company that now owns the magazine and say, hey, you know, the stuff's out here. Anyway, if you do that, you let me know and I will help get the word out. And I promise that. So uh, thank you to uh, Reverend Josh for pointing that out to me. And uh, yeah, sorry, the, it's just not available. Uh, best you can do is maybe order some uh, back copies off of eBay. Uh, thank you very much to uh, Jeff for joining me. Thank you to Ryan for joining me. And thank you all for tuning in. Until next time. Who cares about the clouds when we're together? Just sing a song and think about sunny weather. Happy trails to you. Okay, now let's hug the zombies. Let's all make up. Wow.